0: I had spoke at length about my disappointment with my fellow Christians failing to behave in accordance with the best of what Jesus or the Bible asked them. The best of it is a demand for benevolence and compassion that requires bravery and courage. When I ran through the seven tenets of the satanic temple, I found them without obvious flaw and of notable absence was a strong emphasis on prohibition. Evangelical Christianity cherry-picks from the 613 Old Testament commandments, laws, prescriptions, and, I guess, suggestions, lending arbitrarily chosen weight to the ones they do decide are worth following. It strikes me that a majority of that lot are prohibitive. Not what you should be doing, but what you shouldn't be doing. Actually, let me just say, all seven of the temple's tenants And then i'd like to spend a few minutes talking about each one of them in turn and i think that'd be a good way to wind down this whole story one one should strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason two the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions three one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone four the freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own. 5. Belief should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's belief. 6. People are fallible. If one makes a mistake, one should do one's best to rectify it and resolve any harm that might have been caused. 7. 7. Every tenet is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. The first, one should strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason. That's some unadulterated New Testament love. It's also present in any religion worth following. I think that this tenet is rather straightforward, and the most important of all of them. Second, the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. This one has some fangs to it, and that might not be obvious. Right now, as I record this, human beings are being caged in concentration camps on the southern border of the United States. The evangelicals around me, including my own blood family, argue that since these people are breaking the law to escape this slice of hell that is their original home, They are getting what they deserve by law and by God. Justice and the law are not two sides of the same coin. Unjust laws have and do exist. There are many Christians who protest a woman's right to have an abortion in this country, yet it's the law. So which is it? Injustices must always be sought out and destroyed. An institution that imposes an unjust law does not get to choose what is just. Third, one's body is inviolable subject to one's own will alone. I mentioned abortion in my thoughts on the second tenet, and I think that when people read this one, that's the first place that their mind goes, and rightfully so. As I mentioned quite a while ago, I came up in a very anti-abortion home and anti-abortion church, and even went to pro-life rallies and protest for the overturning of the rights granted by the Roe v. Wade ruling. Critics of the anti-abortion movement have said time and time again that they can't call themselves pro life if they're also for the death penalty or for wars or for liberal gun ownership rights. There are a lot of overlap of all of these opinions, and I think that those criticisms is at least half valid. I think that my eventual change in position from the staunch anti abortion side of things to the pro choice side which I talked about earlier, came to a new place when I watched a video of the Satanic Temple's Lucian Greaves debating a fellow named Lester Torelli on the issue of abortion. Greaves made a point about how arguing when life begins is kind of pointless because everything is alive. Instead, the argument is, or should be, when does personhood begin? I found that quite thought provoking and also felt slightly ashamed that I had never thought of it framed in such a way prior to that moment. But on the topic of the tenant itself, abortion rights is only the beginning of this tenant for me. As well, it includes consent. I talked before about how I felt that in at least one of the churches that I attended growing up, talked endlessly about relationships and sex to its youth group members, but did not talk about sexual consent. If America has issues with acts of rape, we don't need to teach her daughters how not to be raped. We need to teach her sons how not to be rapists. I also read into a libertarian stance on recreational or medical substances. I am from one of the areas of the United States that has been hit hardest by the opioid epidemic, or so the media calls it. You've probably seen on the news the videos or pictures of people who have overdosed or nodded off somewhere in public, or the unfortunately true stories of county coroner offices having to rent refrigerated trucks because they don't have the space for the bodies. I'll tell you, even with those sad stories, I think that people should be able to take these drugs. The injustice in it is that how they got to the place where they became dangerously addicted or, worse, dead. Fortunately, we're seeing the paper trail that will hopefully lead to the companies that misled the public and encouraged doctors to over-prescribe these drugs to where they will face justice for their crimes. My point in all of that comes back to consent. If a person knows the risks and rewards of a substance, be it cocaine or sugar, they should be able to accept or reject that substance. I've dealt with addiction in my life, and I can accept the blame for some of it on my own choices, but I can also pass on some of the blame to the miseducation that I received from trusted educators. Fourth, the freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego One's own. This is one that I think is easy to agree with on paper, but harder to agree with in practice. Some writes, it's not at all difficult for me to agree that every human being should have. But when it comes to the right to offend, the freedom of speech or press for someone who preaches hate, that's a challenge for me. I know there are clan members active not too far from where I live. They hate people for the way they were born and would happily see them dead. As far as I know, they haven't physically harmed or killed anyone, and those are rights no one has. But they do print up racist flyers, publish their hateful messages online, and vomit their horrible message into whatever ear has the misfortune of turning their way. If I would remove their right to speak, I undermine my own rights, and eventually someone will come for mine. That's just one example, of course, but every day everyone hears something that they're offended by, Low-level offense, we weather those as a part of life, but there are higher-grade ones where it is hard to accept that the best that we can do is to match that voice of hate with a better, more reasonable, more rational message, instead of stripping away the rights to freedom of speech. I think this tenet is a beautiful one, but at least for me, it's the hardest. The satanic temple's message of plurality cannot exist without this tenet. Fifth, Beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. I don't think I need to spend much time on this one. I spoke earlier about how much I hated that in the private schools that I went to that Noah's Flood and the six-day creation myth were taught as more logical and more scientific than the Big Bang or Darwinian evolution. And that was done by cherry-picking actual scientific discoveries to shore up their argument the accounts of creation in genesis was correct. Twisting legitimate scientific progress to fit into a supernatural narrative, not based on fact, is its own kind of sin. I'm wholly on board with this one. Sixth, people are fallible. If one makes a mistake, one should do one's best to rectify it and resolve any harm that might have been caused. Simple, straightforward could be a follow-up to Jesus' words in Matthew 7, 12. That's the golden rule for those of you who are less familiar with the Gospels. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Seventh, every tenet is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility and in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. Nobility, here's a word you don't hear frequently having or showing fine personal qualities or high moral principles and ideals the spirit of compassion wisdom and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word the seventh tenet explains that you have a brain and you should use it to conduct yourself with a noble spirit of compassion and wisdom and justice in all ways always these are the seven tenets of the satanic temple and my reflections on them if you listen to this whole story Thanks for taking your time to hear it. It's mine and maybe it will help you consider your place in your community, your culture, your species, and your world. Find your courage and lose your fear. The only compassion that matters requires it.